Well, hello once again. This is your jovial host, the Reverend John St. Germain, welcoming you to the 100th episode, 100th episode of the Crystal Silence League Hour. Isn't that exciting? We're all excited here. Yay! And we just think this is just wonderful. So isn't that just great? All right, enough of that. Um, our episode tonight is... Um, the subtle influence of power, and we're going to discuss that in a little bit, as well as our crystal of the week. Nothing changes here because it's the hundredth episode. We don't <laughs> do anything any different than we normally have. But my goodness, hundred episodes! Who would have thought? Who would have thought? My heart would have held out because you know I'm old. But uh, hey, come back in just a little bit, and we will uh, dive right in. So join us, won't you? often wondered if people actually go get a cold or warm drink during that break or if they're already prepared or you're doing your dishes or driving your car or combing your cat or scaling your iguana or whatever it is you're doing while you listen to the show. In my mind, I visualize all sorts of things happening while you're listening to my relaxing voice. Maybe you're sitting in your chair falling asleep. I don't know. I don't know what you do while you listen to my voice. But tonight we are talking about uh, the subtle nuances of power, and I'm going to ask you some questions um, later on. Have you ever noticed how some people are natural leaders and some people aren't? You know, some people, uh, in times of emergency, they just take charge, and you follow them without question. And there are people, you even see it among little kids. There'll be a group of kids and one person, and it could be a little boy or a little girl just naturally gravitates to a leadership position. My, my granddaughter, natural leader, she bosses all the kids around at daycare, and they follow her, even the older kids. She'll tell them to do something, and they will. And you see it among animals. If you take uh, two cats, two bears, uh, two orangutans, and you put them in a cage, one will dominate the other. What is this leadership ability? Well, it's called by some people personal magnetism. And it's believed that some people are magnetic and some aren't. Now, I'll tell you that some people naturally have it. Some people naturally have this personal magnetism and charisma. They haven't studied it. They just have it. And uh, such people are very fortunate. But I'm also going to tell you that if you don't have it, you can learn to develop it. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. It is part of this whole power thing that we're talking about. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about our crystal of the week, which is uh, Spessartine. And uh, Spessartine is a uh, a form of jasper, I believe. And I'm going to tell you, its color range is quite impressive. It can go anywhere from bright orange to pale yellow, light brown, reddish orange. And uh, it's got to have uh, 
um, um, orange, shades of orange in it. Um, it's not jasper, it's garnet, I'm sorry. Um, type of garnet. It's a hard, very hard stone. And it will harmonize or vibrate or resonate, uh, whatever you want to talk about, to the uh, depending on its hue, to the solar plexus chakra uh, or the spleen chakra. And uh, so... Um, uh, solar plexus or sacral chakra, uh, and uh, therefore it it can be used for a, a wide variety of treatments. It, um, it helps you connect to other people. Um, it can help you with your sexual uh, malfunctions or dysfunctions. Uh, it can uh, uh, do quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of things actually. Um, it can help you if you're shy. In connecting with other people, so it's often used uh, with people who are have problems speaking in public, uh, people who are uh, reticent in group situations. You know, like if you're sitting at a conference table, uh, if you need to um, uh, need extra confidence in interviews, or if you're mingling in a party and you need a little extra boost connecting, um, um, if you want to. Uh, Test your boundaries. You know, if you're inhibited, it can help you be that. It helps your sense of adventure. Um, so this is many of the things it can do. Now, if you, you make an elixir of it, you can use the direct method. It's a very hard stone. It's not going to dissolve in water. So you get a, you get a, a glass or a bottle or a vial or a beaker of water. Um, and you're supposed to, you know, you can use a, a pure, don't ever use distilled water. Use pure water. Don't use distilled water. Distilled water is very bad for you. Did you know that? Uh, it's not supposed. You don't. You don't. You can use distilled water in things like humidifiers and machinery. Don't ever use it in an aquarium, and don't use it. Don't drink it. It's not. It's really not good for you. And uh, you know, well, it's pure water, isn't it? Well, it's water that lacks the the minerals that balance balance it out and give it this nutritional quality. It's 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 uh, not good for you. And uh, it, uh, it if you put it in an aquarium, it will kill fish. Uh, you uh, you have to put stuff in it to balance it out, you know, give it the minerals and uh, uh, balance the pH and everything. Uh, I know people that have used uh, distilled water in aquariums, but then you have to buy these tablets you put in it to uh, give it the minerals and uh, um, electrolytes necessary to support life. So uh, spring water is is a good thing to use. Uh, you know, buy you some spring water and and uh, use this for your e elixirs. And uh, put the stone in it, set it in uh, sunlight or moonlight. And you know my rule of thumb, and I know there are many, many theories about how to charge crystals and stones. My rule of thumb is you put it in sunlight for healing, you put it in moonlight for magic. And uh, you know there you go. And I'll tell you that uh, sesquitine is uh, very good in spells involving uh, involving projecting for uh, power, control, health. Um, uh, attracting prosperity, things like this, uh, depending on its hue, depending on its hue. So uh, that's our, that's our stone sesquitine. There you go. Uh, this is the Crystal Silence League, which was founded in 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon, a magical adept who uh, did a variety of things in his life, and uh, he did find the found the league for the purpose of projecting and. Uh, sending out positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need of such. And uh, he did this through the agency of a crystal ball, 
uh, and he provided crystal balls to all the members of the league along with instructions on how to do it. He published many books, including a series called The Real Inner Secrets of Psychology, a five-volume set that taught many advanced methods of gaining and using the mighty power that exists all around us, the power that we've been talking about. Uh, he taught the four branches of crystallomancy, which is projection and reception and healing and, um, of course, uh, scrying. And uh, he uh, taught these uh, very, very, uh, very, very intently and uh, in great detail. Uh, if you're able to read between the lines, he taught more than he taught if you if you catch my drift. And uh, so there's more to crystal ball work than just looking in the ball and seeing, you know, pictures. There's a whole lot more to it. And people would send in prayers to the Crystal Silence League by postcard and letter, and he would take these letters and put his crystal ball on them and pray. And we did. We do learn that the power of concentrated prayer, when many, many people pray for the same thing, has great power. When he passed into the silence in 1954, he took the league with him until around 2009 when adepts of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church brought it back to life on the Internet. It was resurrected in cybernetic form, and now there's a world wide web of people who will pray for you, many of whom, most, most of whom are members and deacons of the of the. Crystal Silence League, of, of which I am one, by the way. Uh, we pray with our crystal balls and send you gift waves every day, three times a day. Um, so uh, you can go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org and see this mighty organization where you'll see hundreds of prayers. We get hundreds of prayers a week posted there, and you too can post a prayer, and we will pray for you. It's been my custom to read aloud some of these prayers every week, and so so we will. I won't read them all because I'd be reading them 24 hours a day, but we'll read a few, and you're welcome to pray with me. And if you have your crystal ball, bye. You sure can. So why don't we do this? Uh, this is uh, prayer ID number 60522, who says, Please pray with me for my friend M. I pray her health and balance will be fully healed and restored. I pray her relationship with her children will continue to grow, heal, and be filled with joy, love, and understanding. I pray all Marie's needs will be met and that she will be blessed with many blessings. She is always helping and bringing joy to everyone around her. I pray all the good sends out always comes back to her. Thank you for praying. I pray your prayers will be answered as well. Amen. And this is prayer ID number 60521. He says, I surrendered the situation with my spouse to God. I don't agree with him going away on his own on weekends. I feel he's being disrespectful and self-focused doing this. He also needs to tell his grown-up family, relatives, and friends the truth. We're together again. Please pray he had the most astounding revelation of his behavior. If it's not meant to be, I move on and don't look back or get back with him of my own choice ever again, especially if he's not genuine, reliable, loyal, and faithful. Amen. Prayer ID number 60520. I pray for peace, joy, luck, and tranquility forever. Blessings to those who pray for me. Amen. 
Prayer ID number 60518. I pray to the Lord to keep my friend AC safe, heal his body, his mind, and his spirit. Give him the hope, love, and support he needs to keep living and the medical care and resources he needs to get better. Show him the way forward. Amen. Prayer ID number 60517. Pray that my current work is backed up and fruitful. Bless all those who pray. Amen. Prayer ID number 60516. I say a heartfelt thank you to everyone that prays for my situation. I come before you now and ask people of all faiths to pray that the Army will complete my medical boards and give me a favorable rating. Major V is fighting me, but let's change her attitude towards me. Amen. Prayer ID 60515. My stepdad was taken suddenly by a bad stroke. He gave my mother so much. When she said living in the Caribbean would be nice, he said he would take her there. They lived in a nice condo right on the beach. After he died, she couldn't stand to live there alone, so she moved back to the mainland and bought a house with the money he left her. In this sense, he's still caring for her, but her heart aches and the nights alone are still hard. Please pray for her so that her heart can begin healing as soon as possible. Amen. Prayer ID 60514. I'm in public housing in Seattle. Some occult witches, warlocks, and SJWs are attacking me because I stand for Jesus Christ's righteousness. They slander and make physical threats. Please place ministers of safety around us because we are in great danger from them and their familiars. Amen. And prayer ID number 60513. I've been through many problems in my life, and I'm trying very hard to turn my life around and to bring good people into my life who would be a source of strength. I find it hard to meet friends due to my past circumstances, and I'd really like to change this. I'm praying that God will bring good people into my life, and they'll become secure friends, as I do not have a family to turn to or many people in my life. Amen. And prayer ID number 60140. I pray for a new job, which I need very desperately, to come to me in this month of April 2017. For all obstacles to be eliminated so that a job that is perfect and ideal for me in every way comes my way quickly and smoothly. Amen. Let's do a couple more. Prayer ID 60138. I would like that my ex-boyfriend, JP, let go of the anger and hostility he has toward me. I would like him to apologize for how he has hurt me over the last few years and agree to work on being friends again. Prayer ID number 60137, Dear God, we have suffered so much. Please help my wife and I return to each other as a powerful force of love to help others who have been damaged the way we have. Thank you so much. Amen. And our last one, Prayer ID 60136, Please pray. My husband's girlfriend leaves him. They're torturing me and my daughter. We miss him and want him home. We understand he needed to learn this, but enough is enough. I forgive. Please pray she is done and he comes home. Please. Amen. Let's have a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of affirmation and comfort.
Amen. We've been working up to um, something over the past several weeks. We've been discussing this power, and I've been giving you bits and pieces of exercises to do. We've been seeking this mighty God power that is responsible for everything in creation and creation itself. In fact, this God power is creation itself. And I'm going to tell you that everything that we think of as doable can be done. There's no limits to the God power. The only limits we have is what we do ourselves. And I'm going to tell you that never let anyone tell you that good things in life is um is denied to us um i grew up i grew up very much in the baptist church and if if you laughed and had a good time that was considered sinful uh, i'm going to tell you that's just that's not that's not a true teaching the spirit that gave us life in the first place delighted to see us enjoy life more than that the spirit is interested in enjoying interested in enjoying life now not in the future not after the tomb, but in the here and now, right now. What sort of being would, would it be to create us? And then say, so, well, you're going to have to be miserable all your life and live a life of deprivation and hard work and misery uh, so that you'll enjoy life after you die. This makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. Now, I'm willing to believe anything once it's proven to me once I see the reality of it. But I'm not going to believe something on somebody's word just because somebody tells it to me. I've got to see it, and I've got to see it work, and I've got to see it work in the here and now because this is the world that was created. This is the reality that was created by the mighty God power. I am a being that was created by the mighty God power, and if what I'm doing, if my very creation is against reality, then I'm doing something wrong. If if I am miserable and unhappy, then I am not in harmony with creation, and creation is the mighty God power. So I'm not living for tomorrow. I'm living for now. So this this argument that we'll be happy someday it doesn't hold water. My advice to all of you is to use this power of the living God spirit, the living God, for the accumulation of whatever good things you need in this life. This is what we've been working for. This is what the spirit lives for. The spirit of God, the God power, the creative power lives for. That's what it exists for. This is why creation occurred to begin with. It would be useless to us otherwise. If, what, if our lot in life is misery, poverty, unhappiness, deprivation, what good is it? If the great creative life principle cannot do for us here and now the things we desire, then the chances are that nothing can do these things. And the chances are that if it can't, if this mighty creative God power can't do it in the here and now, it can't do it beyond the tomb, beyond life. It's vague and indefinite anyway. You can't find two people that will agree on what happens after we die. There's not enough evidence of life after death to justify living in misery now. Now, I'm not saying that we should be hedonists. I'm not saying we should give in to our um, indulgencies. We should be sensible about it. You know, we shouldn't 
indulge ourselves senselessly in sex and alcohol and food. And no, we should be sensible. We should live a healthy life. But you find that if you if you know spiritual law and you live in the God law, you won't do that anyway. You'll you'll be sensible. And I'm going to tell you this life after death theory is a very beautiful one, but it was born in the minds of men who did not know God law. They knew nothing at all of the power of God, or they would not have originated this ridiculous idea that this life after de- happiness in life after death uh, was what we had. They would not know that. Now it's it's a very old theory. It was in existed thousands of years before uh, the, the the Christian era. And it's older than Christ. It was known to Egyptians. Egyptians would mummify their bodies because they felt they had to have them. Uh, so thousands of good Christians, good followers of the Lord, have been living in poverty, have been denying themselves pleasure, afraid to have pleasure. And, and you know this is true. You know, you know there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good Christians, good, good God-fearing Christians, who are afraid to have pleasure because they're afraid God will punish them. And they do this because of the story they've been told, because they're, they're, they're floating their boats on a sea of medieval dogma. And they're really passing up the real truth of God, and they've passed up all chances of investigating the truth of God because they're afraid, they've been told it's the work of the devil, and because they, they, they're afraid that if they, learn to dis, if they learn to disclose the real truth, that death has nothing to do with life in any sense of the word. That death has no part in the scheme of creation. That these super these superstitious um, myth makers have left us with the idea that no man can obtain happiness until after he's dead. It's an impossible teaching. It's an awful. It's an awful teaching, and it's been given to us in the name of God, which is even worse by men and women who claim they know God, that they know God's will. Ridiculous. And as a matter of fact, I'm pretty pretty well convinced by my own investigations that they know nothing, nothing about God at all. And I'm convinced of something else too. I'm convinced that as long as these theories of supernatural birth, immaculate conceptions, resurrections, are indulgent and taught, Nothing tangible about God will be learned by these by people who who uh, believe and worship these teachings about the mighty Creator, because none of this none of this was necessary to learn about the God law. Life is life, life is life, not death in any form. Just remember that. And I'm not going to go into what the meaning of life is. When people ask me, uh, uh, Reverend Saint Germain, what's the meaning of life? They're they're just Floating blues, that doesn't mean anything. You know, what's the meaning of life? Life is life. That's what life is. That's the meaning of life. Life is life. Life serves life. I deal, uh, I can deal with that, you know, on in another episode. You know, if you're looking for the meaning of life, life is life. <laughs> you know, there, there's no meaning to it. Uh, there, there's some very advanced teachings. I mean, you can spend your entire life trying to find meaning to it, but life is life. You're alive, you know. You know, get with God. Uh, the question comes into everybody's mind. You know, why am I here? You know, you're here. Okay, you're alive. So get with it. Now, uh, people waste their time on questions. You know, how do we get here? What's the meaning of the universe? How the universe get here? Uh, there, you know, Buddha said that that's like asking, 
if you get shot with an arrow, who made the arrow? What's it tipped with? Where did the feather come from? What was the race of the men who shot me? He said, you'll die before you get those answers. But uh, the, uh, the uh, you know, the... The preacher guys will tell you, well, that's those are questions only God knows the answer to. Well, uh, I, I said, well, really, you know, who 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 said so? Uh, 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 I'll tell you, they're hidden. They are hidden in the heart of God, but God is a creative spirit, and the intelligence whose power we live in, and we have it in the very heart of our being. If it's hidden in the heart of God, it's hidden in our heart too. And if we we can't even say they're hidden at all, really, they're they're within us, because Christ Himself said the Spirit of God is within every man. So there's no nothing's hidden. There's nothing hidden, and it's it's very simple. So this idea of, of the kingdom of heaven being in the future, being somewhere, no, no, it's right here. It's right now. There is a law. You can be sure of this. There's a spiritual law, and order. It's not chaos. It's order underlying the entire creation and the spiritual realm, natural truths within our grasp here and now. There was a time when most of the things that we have today um, would be considered work of the devil. Radio, there were people who thought radio was the devil. There were times when electricity was boycotted and protested by religious people because they said uh, you shouldn't have electricity in your home because it was the conduit of the devil. Uh, Man shouldn't fly. that's work of the devil. Uh, you couldn't go faster than 20 miles an hour because uh, the body would be destroyed. Uh, all these things were considered evil by superstitious people. Um, everything, every every advance in technology has been protested because it's an invention of the devil. If you question um, anything... It's the work of the devil. Evolution is the work of the devil. It's putting the minds of people to question God. It's the work of the devil. Uh, genetic research, the work of the devil. It's the work of the devil. None of this is the work of the devil. None of this is inherently evil. Now, technology can be used for bad purposes. Now, we don't know anything about what happens to after the body dies. We, we don't know. We don't know. We hope that there's a continuation of uh, some quantum physicists are saying that consciousness is an inherent quality of the universe like gravity and electromagnetism. What we do know is that nothing ends, um, but we cannot uh, dwell on death because life has no room for death and spiritual law cannot operate fully as long as death rules supreme. Now, we have the creative power of the life spirit. This is what we know. And I want to tell you that we read about miracles, but there are no miracles as far as the creative spirit is concerned. There's no miracles in spiritual law. What seems miraculous to most of us is because we, we have limits. Uh, in the light of the creative, these miracles are perfectly natural. And it's amazing the things that a natural, normal human being can accomplish when in union and harmony with the God law even partially, even just partially, fully in unit and harmony of the God law, you can perform any miracle you've ever heard or read about. I'm often asked, "Are you are you saying that if I do if I learn this, I can do I can walk on water, I can raise the dead?" 
I can do these miracles I've read about in the Bible. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. But I want to tell you, there's nothing the human mind can, can conceive. If you can conceive it, the God of this universe, the God that created this universe, will give you the power to do it. The only limit is you and me. Every inch of the ground of this earth that your foot touches can be yours. Can be yours. Every bit of confidence that you invest in the God law will bear much fruit. If it's material blessings you're looking for, God law will bring it to you. And don't forget, now, there was a man named Jesus. He worked miracles. And I talk a lot about I like Jesus. I talk a lot about him. Now, you remember there's a story uh, about Lazarus. And we'll, we'll say it's an allegory, but it's a story. Jesus was a master of the God law. If we take the facts and not the myth, uh, you know, take the story that is based on facts, he was a master of the God law. He was in perfect harmony with it. You remember the word was brought to him that Lazarus was dead. Let's, let's take this story and look at it. The first thing he did was to get away for a while. He did not run to where Lazarus was and say, well, Lazarus arrives. He got away for a while. He, now, you thought, you'd think Lazarus was his friend. He'd go meet me, but he didn't. He got away for a while. I believe that he did this because he was preparing himself to become perfectly in tune with the God law. He was about to do something that no one had ever done before. You know, in, in that immediate area, I mean, it seemed like a real surprise to people. You know, no one had ever seen the dead walk before. Uh, he had to get the idea that the God law could do this, uh, and then he went. And the statement that he made tells us quite a bit, quite a bit. He raised his eyes to heaven and he said more or less he said father i don't need to pray for myself because i know that you can raise this dead man so don't take this prayer as me claiming my own uh, my doubt i'm praying this prayer in order that the throngs <laughs> this crowd that's with me might not make the mistake of attributing any miraculous power to me but they might know that you the great life spirit are the one who will do this healing he, he wanted that everybody know that that he was not a, a miracle worker, but that the great God power was the one raising the dead. And then, as uh, the story goes, he he called out with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come forth!" And Lazarus awoke from the dead. The power he Jesus always said that the power he used did not come from him. It was not within himself. And remember at the beginning of this, we said we're not using the power within, we're using the power without, the power outside. He realized that every living soul can use the same power. He said in this story to all the crowds, they were standing with their jaw open. They said, they just saw a dead man rise. They were sitting there with their jaws hanging open. He said, the things that I do shall ye do also. So when we claim the Christ power, we're not blaspheming. When we say that, you know, what Jesus did, I could do. But people were burned at the stake for saying that. There were people who claimed the Christ's power, and they were burned at the stake. It was blasphemy. But it says right there, the things that I do, ye shall do also. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that he knew full well that, that he knew what he was talking about. He must have. 
Otherwise, we wouldn't know his name today. Now, his story and his word has been turned around and rewritten and perverted. Men much lesser than him and women much lesser than him and people who, who know nothing, know nothing about the God law, know nothing about it. Now, he demonstrated many times these things, what I can do, you can do. And, but the problem is, you know, men's limited mind, they, they made a God out of him. And he said, I'm not a God. Uh, what I do, you can do. So, and you didn't need a miraculous conception. You didn't need a spirit having sex with a woman. You didn't need that miraculous conception. This is myth. You you did not need that for that to happen. Um, because what he did, we can do. And I, I guarantee you, my mom was not a virgin like Mary. I guarantee you that. I know who my dad was. So it's spiritual law. We can duplicate anything that the carpenter from Galilee did. Now, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Now, perhaps conceived by the Holy Spirit of God means something else. Perhaps that means his union with the God Spirit. Now, maybe you and I and every other living thing was also conceived by the same great life spirit through perfectly natural means. Maybe we too are. Now, we know this this man, this Jesus, knew the very same God law that we're talking about. He knew and recognized the power that was at his disposal. He knew the power of God, even though he was a man. He didn't need supernatural agencies. He didn't need magic powers. Now, does it occur to us that a great part of this life of, of Jesus was loneliness? He was always on some mountain or out in the desert or beside the sea. He had a lonely life. And I, I can tell you why it was a lonely life, because he recognized this fact that the great truths of God are revealed in quietness, solitude, loneliness, of introspection, studying your own soul. Now, this is why when I say do these exercises, do it away from people, do it in quiet. You, you must be able to hear your own soul. And you've got to be in relaxation, concentration, trust, rest, solitude. In the old days, people would leave their families and go out in the woods. They were called contemplatives, and you know they would renounce everything and go and meditate. Now, these little exercises, they must be done in quiet, no interruption. You have to be able to hear yourself think. Now, I am giving you these exercises to prepare you for something very big, to get in contact with the living, literal power of the mighty creative intelligence of the universe one-on-one -on -one personal connection. Now, you're saying, uh, Reverend St. Germain, are you going to literally prepare me to show me how to touch the mind of God? Yes, yes. Literal connection. And it's the connection you've been waiting for all your life, and you'll never be alone. And when this connection is made, your future is under your utter control. And I'm going to tell you that this requires you be utterly still in body and mind. And I've asked you to uh, find the spot of light in your mind and 
fix your mind continually on that light. I've asked you to concentrate on the thing you want. I've told you to set your mind on the one thing above all others you really need in life. I've had you repeat affirmations and go over many of these affirmations. We said, I'm a manifestation of the mighty God power. I'm seeking the mighty God power. I'm one with the mighty God power. I'm healthy, prosperous, and happy in the mighty God power. All things come to me through the mighty God power. And I want to add one to that. I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you that you have heard me. And if you want to call this God power your father, if you want to call this God power God, go right ahead. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Grandfather. I thank you, God, that you have heard me. Now, it's definitely established in your mind, if you've been doing these exercises, what you want. And if you don't know what you want, then, you know, brother, sister, you better find out what you want. Not by night, you're throwing your thoughts out, and your thoughts are things of the Spirit, into this great, mighty creation, this cosmos, which is God. You've been doing these exercises for several months, and you should be where you should be, place where you should be able to make the definite spiritual contact with the thoughts and the power of the life spirit. And at this point, you should be feeling very happy. Now, I can't tell you when you'll experience the sensation of the presence of the God spirit, because I don't know you, I don't know your capabilities, I don't know where you are in your progress, I don't know your temperament. Now, I don't need to, because I do know the law, the law of God is there for us to connect with. It seeks you like you seek it. Now, what I do know, that you will know, and it will be like an electric wire connecting to your soul, and then your consciousness will never be the same. And when you put yourself in harmony with this great spirit, you've got to choose some part of your day or evening for this one exercise I'm about to give you. Forget the other exercises for the time being if you have uh, mastered these. But you got to set aside one time of the day, every day, in these lessons for actually contacting God. Maybe morning, afternoon, maybe at night, right before you go to bed. These things, uh, I can't tell you what to do with these, but you got to pick a time. But have a definite time for your daily exercise and putting yourself in God's actual presence because that's what you're going to do. You want to put your mind in the vicinity of the God power actual presence. Now, after you do this for a while, you would not miss this for worlds. This is why the great holy men made it a primary goal to seek solitude. You will not miss this for anything. This is one of the most important parts of my days is to seek the solitude. What you will do is lie down or sit quietly and be absolutely at rest. Now, you've been doing this, but more so. And I mean, don't move anything, not not a muscle, not anything. Sink into relaxation. Be very quiet. Slow your breathing. Be very heavy. Just like your body turns into lead or wood, you just sink. Not one bit of movement in body or mind. Don't force it. Just let it happen gradually. Just sink into relaxation. 
an absolute and total relaxation of every nerve and every muscle, and this will take practice. You're not you're not lying like the dead, but a happy and total relaxation. Just let go of everything. Every time you breathe out, you relax a little bit more, relax a little bit more, and then you just forget. You just forget everything. Put it out of your mind. Just forget everything. Forget about the wife, the husband, the kids, the work. You just cast it out. Just put it out. Every time you breathe, put it out. Let it go out into the horizon. Just put it out. And then you listen. When everything is gone, just listen. And you listen with anticipation. And you listen. You forget who you are. You cast that out. You you become empty. And this is what they mean in Zen about emptiness. You become empty. You forget everything. You just listen and you lose yourself and you become merged with the cosmic intellect that's all around us. Now you're awake. Don't go to sleep. You have to have this anticipation a joyous anticipation that something extraordinary is about to happen. Don't go to sleep. And if you can't stay awake, this is why you should be in a chair. Uh, You can do it laying down if you can stay awake, but if you fall asleep doing this, sit up in a chair. And you're wide awake when you do this. You're very relaxed but wide awake and alert and listening and absolute quiet. There's got to be absolute quiet and not to move, no one to disturb you. You can't have the kids coming in or your phone going bleep, bleep, bleep. You know, you got a text or something. Now, do this every day. And at some time, while you're waiting and listening, there will be a time the gates of heaven will open to you. And a great joy will come over you that's indescribable. And there have been various terms for this in various religions. An aleph, uh, a kensho, a taste of enlightenment. But whatever it is, it's connection with the universal mind, with the God law. And don't, under any circumstances, try to grab it. And I learned this when I was studying Buddhism. If you try to grab it, it's going to go away. And you want to grab it because it's so good. It's so good that the happiness and the bliss is so good that you try to grab it and it goes away. And I'm going to tell you, when it happens, you want to shout. You go, ah, ah, it's great. And then it goes away. You scare it away. But it's natural to do that. But if you can help it that first time, don't grab it. Don't try to hold on to it. And if you do, it's going to go away Um, because this is a spiritual manifestation, but the body responds to it, and it will come to you if you keep doing this. I've never known anyone who diligently does this, and it did not come to it. Now, I'm going to tell you, some people it takes days, some people weeks, some people months, some people years. But if you diligently do it, it will come to you. Don't try to grab it. Let it take its natural course. Don't try to force it. And don't try to force its return to you. You can't do it. It will return to you. But it will happen without your help. It will happen without your volition. And there will be a moment when you're not looking for it. Uh, it's like a shyness effect. You're looking in one direction and it will come to you. And someday or other, it will come surging 
and, and filling your mind with waves upon waves of utter bliss. You may cry, tears may flow, but you'll know you're in harmony with the creative God of this universe, and you'll have this burst of light in your mind, and you'll be very happy. And I can't tell you when or where it will happen, but you do this, and it will happen to you. And I'm going to tell you that things will make sense to you, and nobody will ever be able to talk to you about sin or wrongdoing again because you will see the manifestation of God in everything and you'll be able to tell good men from bad men, good good women from bad women. And it will be, creation will be open to you. Now, I'm going to tell you, and I say this again and again, there's a vast harmony that, that vibrates throughout the universe and this will not be theory to you. It will be fact. You will not be a man or woman of faith. You'll be a man or woman of knowledge. And you can talk to people about this, and they'll say, well, that's interesting, and they want to debate and talk religious theory to you, and you won't have time for it. It won't be theory to you. It's not something you want to talk about. Believe me, I've been in this for years, and it's just like I'm not talking. You know, it's like trying to explain gravity to somebody who doesn't believe in gravity. You know, they think that. If there was such, th- you know, trying to tell them the Earth is round, say, so why don't people fall off the other side? You know, if the Earth is round, you just can't do it. So, this is one of the more difficult things that you have uh, to talk about. Uh, very difficult. It's a very difficult thing. Now, once you do grasp this, and you do this enough times, you can uh, call upon it channel it, control it, project it anytime you want. And I'm going to tell you that this is a frightening thing because you think, uh, you know, and you're taught, and you're taught by many, uh, you hear this a lot in the spiritual community, well, if you use it for yourself, you'll lose it. You know, if you use it for your own benefit, um, use your magic for your own benefit, use the power for your own benefit, you'll lose it, it'll go away. You know, you, you can't, you got to help others, you can't help yourself. And this is very well-meaning. And this is from people who don't understand the source of their power. Um, it's not true. Use it for yourself. Use it to help others, but use it to help yourself too. There's no, there's no dignity in poverty. There's no honor in poverty. And you know the the Buddha himself taught that. The Buddha didn't want anybody to be poor. Uh, there's no honor in poverty. There is no um, dignity in in poverty. Um, there is no richness in death and I'm going to read I'm going to read you something actually from Psalm 37 the King James Version and I want to let you um, dwell upon this it's Psalm 37 and I love this I just love this and this is also used by the way when we perform an uncrossing ritual did you know that fret not thyself because of evildoers neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. 
Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, yea, though shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow, to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume, into smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth, and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy, and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth the judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land, and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous, and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord, and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power, and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Amen. And boy, does that not, does that not describe the very essence of the God law? If you are in harmony with the God law, the earth is yours. If you are cut off from the God law, bitter, bitter is your reward. Bitter is your reward. And freedom just waits for you if you if you just do these things. It is work. It is work. Because we are taught in this cynical world that to be spiritual and to be humble and to be part of this God law is uh, is foolish, but my goodness, you know, my goodness, it's worth the work, and it's worth the ridicule of the foolish. It's worth the ridicule of the evil and the foolish and the small-minded to to tap into this. I'm going to tell you um, that these exercises are well worth doing. 
they're well worth doing. We talked about the five E's. We do this again. I want to tell you, empathize, ecology, economize, elevate, and evolve. I want to tell you a little secret about empathy. There's empathy to your fellow men. There's also empathy to the Spirit of God. And if you can project that empathy while you're doing this, empathize. Empathize not only with the spirit of man, but with the spirit of the God law. And you'll find your work greater, much shorter because you'll see the spirit of the God law in every human being and every living thing in the trees around you, the bird in the sky, the grass beneath your feet. Your feet. Empathize. Empathize not only with living creatures, but with the spirit that exists all around us. Draw it in. I want you to draw it in and work with the crystal. Work with the crystal ball because as our uh, great teacher, Claude Conlon, in his uh, Principles of Psychology, writes, um, uh, he says, um, he's talking about positive magnetism and personal magnetism. And these are wonderful books if you can get them. I'm going to tell you I have all five of them, and it was over $1,000 to collect all five of them. But um, since I'm the voice of the Crystal Silence League, you know, it's good that I have them. Um, he said, uh, uh, some chap named uh, Dr. Fothergill too enthusiastically attributes uh, positive magnetism to willpower alone. Really is due to the concentrated thought of the magnetic persons. These are the people that we uh, see as very charismatic and who have a lot of personal magnetism. Uh, the power of their concentrated ideas reinforced by their strong mental pictures for concentrated thought is always accompanied by more or less strong mental pictures. Concentrated visualization is the essence of positive magnetism, for when the idea or thought takes form in a concentrated mental picture, it follows that the thought or idea itself must become strong, as otherwise the mental picture will not be clear or strong. Therefore, I hold that the secret of positive magnetism consists largely in the fact that the magnetic person holds in his mind strong, concentrated thoughts and ideas of his strength, his ability, his power of domination, his sense of kingship, these idealized and visualized and mental pictures, these visualized ideas developing the motor force arising from the concentrated attention upon them. It follows that this motor force must manifest itself by radioactivity. What he means by radioactivity is not like radiation. It means like sending it out like radio waves and consequently must affect the minds of other persons through the principle of mental induction. The crystal ball being the most improved method of producing concentrated visualization, it seems that its use must necessarily develop positive magnetism in those who make use of it scientifically and according to the instructions which I shall give you in the succeeding lessons. And, of course, what he tells you about in the lessons is what we have um, uh, talked about many times, and that is to project your thoughts into the crystal ball and then send them out to the universe, to the God mind, to the universal consciousness, deliver your messages directly. And all the exercises that we've been talking about, of course, are um, enhanced and improved greatly with power of the crystal ball. Put these thoughts into the mind of the crystal ball, send them out, bring them back into you, and and enjoy the benefits thereof. We're... Um, we're coming across a full moon tomorrow, no, and it's, you know, and it's also Vesak. Vesak is the Buddha's birthday. And uh, for those of you who uh, honor such things, it's a day where uh, Buddhists um, follow the precepts that the monks do. 
and uh, there's a lot of them. By the way. <laughs> Monks actually follow some like 300 precepts, but usually people follow 10 precepts instead of five, and uh, so they don't eat before, they don't eat after noon, and they uh, don't wear um, deodorant cosmetics. They uh, usually sleep on the floor, and they'll uh, not listen to music or uh, entertainment of any kind, and live like a monk for that day. It's really a kind of a noble thing. I used to do. I don't do it anymore. Uh, and uh, they, they try not to work. So I want to leave you with this. I want you to understand that your every word, I want you to understand that your every word is a, manif- is a manifestation of the power of this living God. Guard your speech. Guard your speech gates and manifest this. Send your words out into the universe. Manifest your will. Bring it in. Talk to your mind, crystal ball, and talk to each other and create this great network in this world to generate a huge force of positive good. There is evil in this world. We know evil is the absence of good. We cannot banish evil, but what we can do is saturate the world with so much good that evil drowns in it. I'm John St. Germain. Thank you for your uh, attending my 100th episode. Come back next week. We'll talk more about the mighty God law. Uh, Love you very much, and we'll see you next week.